everybody. Welcome to our special Out of the Closet episode of The Game Agenda, the podcast where four gay guys bring board games out of the closet and onto the table. I'm Matt. I'm Kevin. I'm Larry. I'm Nick. And today we're going to be talking about Stone Age, the uh, Rio Grande worker placement game uh, designed by Michael Tumul, Michael Tumerhoffel, Tumulhofer. You're so like European. I love it the way you pronounce those names. It's so you know, good. Yeah, I, I like to Rolls research the right accents. off the tongue. Um, <laughs> so uh, Stone Age was published in 2008. So it's one of the earlier games uh, in the board game hobby, uh, and it's actually a very special game to me because uh, while Settlers of Catan was the game that's Sort of introduced me to the gaming hobby. Uh, Stone Age was the game that I first really got to get deeper into the hobby. Um, I played it. I was living up in San Jose and played it with the, like these friends who played Magic, of course, because I play Magic. Yes. Uh, and they were like, "You want to play this board game?" And I was like, "Sure." And we went and played it, and I just like immediately fell in love with this game. So it's almost like after playing this game in the Stone Age, you discovered fire and were ignited with passion into this. Board. No, no, no. Kevin. You're, you're reaching. <laughs> you're reaching. This is not, not going to work. I'm just confused. You stopped playing Magic for... I didn't game? stop playing oh, Magic. Okay. No, no, no. This is when I lived in San Jose, and I would, and I. This was the summer of Innistrad, where I would draft Innistrad like four days a week. You stopped drafting Innistrad for this. Game. I didn't stop drafting Innistrad. Let me clarify. This was after our Innistrad draft. We went and played a board game. You could have just drafted Innistrad again. I'm so confused. <laughs> I was going to do that the next day. Uh, but anyway, so Stone Age uh, is a classic worker placement game. You have a little tribe of Stone Age people. You're going out into the forest to gather wood and the quarry to gather brick and stone and gold and then you're using those resources to either buy technology cards which sort of score you different ways at the end of the game or to build these stone age huts which for some reason are built out of gold and brick and stone and you wood. You can use gold for anything <laughs> well, in the stone I, age. There's metal right there's iron and there's gold. There's in no this. iron no. No, oh, stone, and they, they stone, brick. stone and brick. Yeah, and there's stone. brick and stone and gold. So. so, did they have gold in the Stone Age? Uh, they could have found it, but it's kind of a crappy middle They, they, to they, build they with. pan for gold, they find some gold, and they're like, oh my god, we really need to build a hut with this. And then it immediately <laughs> falls apart because it's a really soft uh, Or in some cases, they just eat it. Anyway, <laughs> it's, a, it's very light on theme, but uh, it's just a fun. Uh, pretty straightforward worker placement game the main mechanic is to get resources you place your little stone age workers and then you roll dice and different resources are harder to get so like wood is every three pips on the dice you get one resource whereas like stone is every five pips so it gets harder to get more valuable resources Uh, but at the same time you're managing your tribe by growing your population sending your people to the love hut to have babies Uh, you're learning agriculture to get farming to help feed your people because your people are very hungry in very this game. hungry and when they you make those babies eat. they got to eat right away they need to eat every round they grow up so fast baby got to eat or just don't feed them like i typically that's, do there's also the that's a strategy also the strategy of- not necessarily a winning strategy <laughs> but it sure is fun <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that's the basic concept, uh, but it's uh, one of my favorite games uh, just because I love the set collection. So there's a big part of that is collecting these sets of different technology cards, uh, but everyone also can sort of take a different strategy like they did in the game we just played. Uh, Kevin, you want to talk a little bit about what you did? Well, I'm you know me, I'm always obsessed with hoarding everything. And so in this case, because, you know, once <laughs> I find out I have to feed my people every round and I, you know, can 
get more people, but then I'll have to feed them. So then all I wanted to do was have more and more food, which is, by the way, at the end of the game, useless. It's, it's worth nothing. <laughs> but I had extra food at the end. Um, and you can also go up the wheat track. But what I like about the game, too, is there's an, you know, depending on what order you're going in whoever's first player, obviously there are certain you know, marks on the board that are the kind of desirable places mm-hmm. at certain points in the game. So at the beginning of the game, everybody wants to get either more figures or they want to get the weed or they want to get tools and all to help them. And so there's a little bit of a fight over that. And so there is a fun kind of mix to like, you know, what am I going to be left with? Because I wasn't first player. I was like, I ended up going third, I think, mm-hmm. the first time. So um, there is a little bit about your destinies chosen for you. And so that kind of pushed me in one direction where I felt like, I went after some of the cards that had multipliers on them instead of building huts. Yeah. Which, if I had really probably 100% gone for that, I would have done better than I Mm -hmm. did. But um, as it was, I did as good with half of my cards, but the other half were like wasted and useless and not the smart card choices. And I really petered out at the end, by the end of the game, when everybody else had grabbed a hut like immediately. And I'm just like, la la la, I'll make another baby. I'll go over and do this. It was like not the time to be doing that and i think i had kind of forgotten to keep up with everybody else for the rest of the game but you know i went for the card strategy the the not quite the collection or sets like you did mm-hmm. more the multipliers um something that i actually really like about stone age is that the value of the different worker places changes throughout the game and so at the beginning of the game you really want wheat and tools and having babies because those all sort of help you every round. Uh, And so everyone's fighting over those spots and people aren't going as hard for the cards and for the huts, which are how you score points. And then there's sort of like a shift maybe like two quor- two thirds or three quarters away through the game where then suddenly like now at the beginning of the round, everybody is going for the cards and the huts um, first, which I think is kind of interesting to be in the game and be like, oh, wait, there's this shift now of like, when do I prioritize this and over that? Part of that is figuring out when it is time to change those gears. Are you going to be the one mm-hmm. kind of setting the tone and kind of forcing everybody else to change with you? Yeah. Or are you going to be behind because you're not changing quite at the same time? And, and I don't know, maybe you change too early, so you end up kind of hurting yourself. So it's it's an interesting piece to the game as well. I mean, playing this game again, it reminds me of why it is such kind of a, a foundation for our hobby. I mean, I think it is a very basic, introductory, straightforward version of a worker placement game with a good amount of depth. This is not a heavy, heavy game by any mm-hmm. stretch of the imagination, but it is a very, very good, solid game that does what it sets out out to do i mean there are dice involved um, and that's (laughs) always a little bit weird in kind of a euro game like dice and euro typically don't mix but they have a lot of mitigation for the dice through the tools you can use tools Mm -hmm. to 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 bump up you know the the numbers that you roll so you know if if people don't like dice or don't like the kind of uh, randomness associated with dice, this probably isn't people the game for them. People to not be named. <laughs> yeah, people to not be named. This probably isn't the best game for them. But uh, you know, other than that, it's it's a very solid solid game. Well, and if if I remember right, this is kind of the reason you wanted to bring this out of the closet, Matt. Was and not just it was a favorite game, but if you're kind of to strip away like all the theme and whatever at, at its core, it's just the worker placement mechanics. And it does that very well. It, um, and just provides a good way to get into the genre. What this plays four players, right? Max four yes. players. Yeah. Do you think four is the right number for this game though? Or do you think three is probably the sweet spot? Uh, I honestly, I think it plays 
pretty similarly with any number because the way it works is the action spaces get more limited. You can't see on the board playing four players, but when you play with fewer players, you can get fewer of the um, areas in the middle of the board. So the, the there's sort of three key areas, that, especially at the beginning of the game, that are important. There's the wheat, which the farming, which boosts up your wheat, which feeds one person every round. There's the tools, which you can use every round to increase your dice rolls. And there's the love hut, which lets you have a baby. Uh, when you play four players, obviously there's three things and four players. But when you play with three or two players, only two of those three locations can be taken. So uh, it gets a little bit more restrictive. It's not like everybody always somebody misses out at the beginning of the game every time uh and i think there is definitely an element of feeling a little bit dated in the sense that it relies very heavily on dice and it also um doesn't like account for the starting player uh there's no dis- you know there's no advantage for being last or anything like that yeah because larry you had to go last and it felt a little punishing for a couple rounds right yeah no i think going last in this game is punishing um you don't the first round you don't get for sure any of the center three mm-hmm. things so you're having to kind of pick basically a card or a hut that you think is going to be the most valuable for you mm-hmm. um then the second round you're getting the last pick on the center things so you got to decide well do i stay now taking the last pick of the center thing or do i keep trying to get a better card mm-hmm. or hut and so by the how time- did you use this then for your strategy like how did you since it almost forces you to pick a strategy a lot earlier than anybody else right? yeah so there were two things that i saw that i decided to do uh the, the triple uh score for huts card was one of the first ones out and it was a relatively cheap card so i said okay well i'm just going to take that as my first card and focus on trying to get huts and then by round two or three um I figured, look, I'm not going to continue to compete for wheat. There was a lot of fighting over wheat. Some of the kind of market cards, uh, they're cards where a person who buys it rolls four dice, and then they go around the table, everybody picking one of the, the four dice that are rolled. More wheat was kind of purchased through that. More tools were kind of purchased through that. So I figured people are going to kind of focus on on wheat for both points as well as kind of a way to avoid having to feed their people. Mm So I'm not going to fight over that. I'm going to focus on tools, which I knew I was able to kind of snipe some of those cards to score points and then use that to kind of hopefully bump up my rolls to kind of make up for the lack of, of wheat, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know that it worked out for me. I had kind of shitty dice rolls, but that's kind of the way the game works. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, I, in my experience, if you don't go for wheat, you have to go for people. Um, and it's sort of it's sort of counterintuitive because you're like, well, if I have more people and no wheat, then I got to feed even more food every round. Yeah, but you end up having more uh, more things to out because you need enough. You need you need a good set of people to go hunting every round to get your food if you don't yeah. have any wheat. Uh, but if you don't grow your people enough and you're spending two or three people to hunt every turn, then you don't have anybody left. And that um, ultimately, I think, was my problem. Is 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 I ended up not really expanding my tribe very much. We mm-hmm. stayed stuck at six, and so. I didn't really have a whole lot of people to do much with. And at the end, I finally said, well, you know, I don't care. I'll take the 10-point negative for not feeding folks and Uh just trying to get other stuff. But again, because I didn't have a huge tribe, I I couldn't go anywhere. If I had a full group of people like Kevin did, taking the 10-point loss isn't going to matter all that much because I'll have a ton of resources to Mm -hmm. be able to hopefully buy huts and cards and other things. Yeah. Um, what did what what did you like about this game, Nick? Or what did you didn't? What did you not like? Worker placement games are not my favorite. One of I I dislike when actions I want to take can be stopped so easily. It's it's just some, I, like 
I, I come from a philosophy, like, just let me have fun when I'm playing this game. Like, let me do my thing. And there were a couple times where that got blocked. And you never play blue in Magic, right? Huh? Because you don't like stopping people's fun. That is fun. the fun part, is stopping other people's fun. Oh, but so that's you know different. So Magic. you're okay with other, as long, other people cannot no, you have get fun to, you as get long to, as you have fun. You get to do something fun, <laughs> and then I get to do my fun thing, which is saying no. And that's that's great. Right? <laughs> it's not that you didn't get to do it to begin with. I hate that. I see. Magic. So yeah. you don't like meddling mage and those <laughs> kinds of cards. I guess yeah, exactly. the <laughs> upshot is, is if you want to have fun, you should just plan better. So that way you not put yourself into a position where someone else can say no fun for you because I'm going to have more fun first. Right. But it's like, I mean, so say in like one example where I needed either a I needed to get either get wood or I needed to take the spot for the hut. I figured I would take the hut because I should be able to get at least one wood. And then Matt just immediately put five people on to block wood, not to do that, but but, because he was going to do that anyway. But there were three other people who would have gone again. I assure I that, you, but even I, if he hadn't taken all that wood between Kevin and I, it probably would have been filled or pretty maybe. close to filled. Well, or like I, somebody could have gone for food ever think, in the game. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think that's an issue in, in any kind of drafting. Take card drafting, right? You take the card that I want as opposed to I have it. It's the same thing. You took a hut that I wanted to, to build on and, instead of me. And sure, he but doesn't I, like knowing about it. So next time, just yeah, close your eyes, when, <laughs> right. and then when it's your turn, we'll tell you, and you can open your eyes and see what spots are available. Right? Maybe. So, but <laughs> yeah. it's I, I just like that. I just like. I mean, exactly. I would have been so much more grumpy if I'd been I went first which was very nice but like if I had been in Larry's seat I would have been probably just been a little salt pile in the corner because all the important actions I would have felt would just not have been available to me and that just feels very unbalanced in my I mind I think the the but, thing that the fourth player um generally it's like the strategy to go for the uh, the other important space in this game is the space that you were just talking about the wood space um because wood is sort of like the best at least from my experience playing, it's the best resource to have because when you're buying huts, you need specific resources, but when you're buying cards, you can take anything and wood is the cheapest. So getting a lot of wood early is a good way to sort of have enough resources to be able to buy the cards, which yeah, can but, sort of and, score you. Like in worker placement games, like early you want to get resources that are longer lasting. You want to get an extra builder early, a worker, I guess. Oh, totally. Or you want to get an extra wheat or you want to get a tool that you can use every turn. And by being the fourth player in this game, you are required to take a more temporary resource which isn't going to serve you over the course of the game Mm -hmm. you know you want to be taking a wheat the first round gives you is effectively the same as getting one food every turn for the rest of the game and that's important well but i would say you know to larry your description of what you had to do and the reason why i was bringing it up with the question was i think it just makes the fourth player have to choose their strategy without knowing what the future may hold but they're going if everybody takes you know a farm and a baby you know hut and all that other stuff then they get first shot at those cards and that's as you see when you finish the game it's like that's more important than you think and remember the cards also have a bonus on top yeah. so yeah. to your mm-hmm. point about the person always getting an extra food every turn that that may be true but you know the first turn the card that you score you get two stone for free or you get you know an extra tool for free or right. you get i mean there's some other it's benefit just, it's just that you don't, and you don't know how you're going to use it yet that's the mystery that's, part that's the hard part mm-hmm. um that that i think is the unfair part of being fourth but it could turn into a really big plus if you guess right, that's the only problem with it. Right. That's, My, that's what's not balanced. And I just wanted to push back a little bit in that, like, even if, say, you got seven food, the game's going to go for, what, probably 12 or 14 turns. Taking that wheat the first turn was like me taking 14 food. Right. Like, even if you get one of the best cards in the game, 
like right but if you were the first player you took it presumably on my turn the fourth turn i would take it yes but it's worth three less food because by the time it gets to you right but has first chance for a card that could be a multiplier that sure. like is something like what was it three people yeah. or three but huts i definitely but, think there's i definitely think there is some kind of advantage to being the first player on the very first yes. turn it just helps um, if you already know what kind of cards are going to be in the but mix the, the cards are are really important and kevin actually i think did a good job grabbing some of the really valuable cards the double points for all of your people cards where uh it's tough at the beginning of the game you're sort of like well let's all get our things first and then we'll go for cards sort of like an unspoken thing but sometimes it's smart to go out there and give up your tool or whatever you're going to get and grab a card that's going to be worth a lot of points mm-hmm. uh, and i think that's to me that's the fun in this game is sort of how where do I, how, how do i want to build up my cards do i want to get the technologies which i got to get like all the different ones to score them or do i want to focus on you know tools or focus on weed or on people uh i love set collection so <laughs> choices i also like the way the board is kind of set up with the resources and the various kind of areas and, and having them actually on the board is kind of integrated into mm-hmm. the play area as opposed to kind of in a bin off to the side or in a bag off yeah. to the That's side. That's why this feels classic, too, because it's, you know, a lot of the initial worker placement games, I think, were very clear. Mm-hmm. And this is a really clear kind of layout. You can see very easily where you're supposed to go and what it kind of does. Also, it has that right by it. I also really just think for the time that the the visuals of this game are great. Like, now it's like you look at it, it's sort of like, oh, it's nothing special. But at the time, in 2008, when it came out, it's charming, it's cute, there's custom meeples, all the resources are shaped different things. I love the shape. Yeah, was the like shape resources deal. are great. It's uh, like language independent. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's, it, to me, it's a charming, cute game. Uh, and I think it's got a lot of depth and it's easy to teach and, and easy mm-hmm. to play, which I think is a lot of fun. It's a great starter worker placement game. If this game is still relatively easy to find. I, I, you know, it was hard to find for a while, but there was a reprint of it um, mm-hmm. relatively recently. And so it's it's readily available. And there's actually a, a kid's version of this game that came out uh, last year. Mm. And I think it won the kid's Kenner version. Spiel? Yeah, the Kenner Spiel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it, Stone Age Junior? No, it's my first Stone Age, I think is oh, what it's called. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's just as good. But, and apparently my first in it, Stone Age. Yeah, and, and apparently in it you can have like a pet dog or something. Who Aww, can, I want the like, pet dog. Find stuff or do stuff. It's, it's more more of a kind of a memory game like trying to remember where things are on the board mm-hmm. when the tiles oh, are face okay. down as, as I so recall. So it's not a it's not a simpler version of this game it's like a different game set in the same world. It's it's a simpler version of this with some tweaks to the mechanics. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And there's um, also an app that I just downloaded. I haven't played yet, but I just downloaded uh, from my iPad uh, for Stone Age. Which is another great way for people to kind of try it out and see if they like it before you know committing to an actual game. And I can say the app is excellent. So if you're, if you're curious about this, if you like worker placement games, if you like set collection games, sort of like a medium weight, uh, I would definitely recommend checking out the app. I think it's like five bucks or something like that. Yeah, yeah it wasn't uh, too much. It's very well done. And then if you like it, uh, Rio Grande's still publishing this, I think. So mm-hmm. you can pick it up for a pretty affordable price. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Alrighty, uh, I think that wraps it up. So um, that is Stone Age. And thank you guys so much for watching our special Out of the Closet episode. Listening. Listening, sorry. Listening, listening to our special watching Out of the Closet. Watching your phone Every or device time. as you listen to us. 
Um, so uh, please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Game Agenda on wherever you listen to your podcasts: iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, all all those places. And uh, check us out on social media too. We're at the Game Agenda on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, shout out to us. Let us know if you have any suggestions for other games uh, we should bring out of the closet. And until next time, I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. I'm Larry. I'm Nick. Thanks for watching. Listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>